uh, I've had a, uh, a good week, a uh, busy week, um, a lot of prayer and, and thought and uh, went into this week, um, this last week, just, Father, where, where are we going? What do you want me to do? And all that. So I'm excited about um, what God has shared with me for upcoming and where TLC is headed and um, we're going to be kind of basically just sharing all that with you beginning next month. And there's great plans, and we're believing God for some great things. We are not, uh, we're recording all of this audio, and I think they're recording it as well, that we'll put it so you can still watch this, but we are not live on Facebook as we have been. This is the second week in a row. Our goal is to launch next week our new format for open church, uh, open church format, and is going to be launched. So we'll be live streaming from our website, and it will go to Facebook and I believe YouTube as well. And so we'll we'll have a little more uh, say in that because if we just say anything that is off color and that's using a loose term uh, for Facebook, we get muted or blocked or whatever, we're done with that. We want to be able to talk about Jesus bold and loud and clear and do whatever we need to do, and we're not going to have anybody shut us down. So we've made all of the stuff, all the equipment came in, to my knowledge, I think, in this Friday, we're getting it all installed. Uh, and so just great things are happening. I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You're in a place that is living and breathing and alive with Jesus, and it's going to continue to do that and grow uh, in the near future. We're going to remodel a couple of the restrooms here. Uh, work on trimming and painting out the the building and and um, removing all kinds of things and just going where the Lord wants us to. So there's a lot of good stuff heading our way. So if you're listening to me, I don't know if the audio is live. I don't know how that works, but uh, in the next week we will be um, we'll be live, uh, Lord willing, from our website and take a leap of faith to do all of that. We we purchased all the equipment. We don't owe anything on that. And uh, we're going to go uh, with where God is taking us. Well, this is Memorial Weekend. And uh, just so that you know, and you've probably heard it before, but you're going to hear it from me. At the end of this message, I have a special video that I, I want you to see. But Memorial Weekend, uh, I'm not going to have, uh, if you're a veteran, I'm not doing that. Because Memorial Weekend is about those that have given their life for the country, uh, for your freedom. And uh, we want to remember that. It's, and we are very thankful for to the men and women that serve our nation and our country and all of that. So that's, that, make no mistake about that. But this particular, it is, that's why it's a memorial. Um, it is because it is in honor of those that gave everything they had. Aren't you glad that we honor Jesus because he gave everything he had? God gave everything he had. So we're talking in, uh, in Revelation. And so this is actually, there's 22 chapters in this book. And we are, we're quickly closing I was going to try to put a couple together, but I believe next week is the millennial reign, and so it's a long chapter. It's about a thousand years. Uh, okay, but well, this is week week twenty. We are in chapter nineteen, so we are very close to uh, winding this one uh, up as we we get forward. But I tell you what, I have learned a lot in this myself as we're just looking at it. But it's. Uh, it's fitting, I think, uh, for this being Memorial Weekend for us to look at this. This is where, you know, and again, in memory of the men and women that put it all on the line and gave their very lives for freedom. And America, by, by and large, loves winners, don't we? 
We love winners. I mean, if you're a sports fan, you love your quarterback as long as he's not throwing interceptions. If he's throwing interceptions and he does more than three or four, you're like, get him out of there, coach. Get somebody else in there, you know, or whatever. But we are a nation that loves to win. We cheer for the underdog. You know, everybody likes that. And that's one of the reasons my, my favorite movie series probably, and my kids could tell you, if I asked my wife without her even knowing, she's not seen my notes, I'd ask her and she'd tell you who my favorite, my favorite movie is. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, this is my wife, Kendrian. You know, because Rocky is the underdog, man. I mean, like he comes in and, and he has no shot, but he yet he, he stays, goes the distance in Rocky 1. Rocky 2, he takes the title. He, you know what I'm saying? It's just about, it's what we all think that there, as long as there's hope, as long as we have a shot, I don't think anybody sets out on purpose, I'm going to be a loser. I want to be a loser. My goal is to lose. You know, we probably don't do that. We don't set out. But can you remember, let me ask you, when you wanted something so bad or you were in the fight for something or you won something that you fought so hard or you worked over, maybe it was a, a game, a sporting event, but even past that, maybe it's something, maybe it's a material thing that you wanted or maybe just a goal. Maybe you were on a diet and you said, I want to lose such and such pounds and how many knows that takes work because there's no fat angel that carves it off of you one night? <laughs> there's people that do believe. I'm just going to believe that God will come down and take 100 pounds off tomorrow. If that happens, let me know your connection. You know what I'm saying? That would be awesome. But uh, you poured yourself out there. I mean, you dug in the dirt. You, you clawed and nailed your way to whatever you had to do. You worked extra hours to make the difference. You sweat until you're almost soaked. I mean, you, you bought into the whole thing. You're 100% in. Finally cross the finish line. You get the victory. I mean the real win. You know it's over. It's done. They've blown the whistle. If you haven't experienced it, I could probably say you probably dreamed about it. Maybe there's something that has been in front of you this whole time, and you're like, I just want to beat this. I want to take down the giant. He's taunted me every day of my life. You know, isn't it amazing how years or days go into years? You've been teased. You know, he's telling you you'll never make it. The devil is a liar. Come on. He is the father of lies. He doesn't tell you the truth. He doesn't love you. He wants you to be defeated. He wants you to feel worthless. He wants you to feel condemned. He shouts that from the mountaintop. In this chapter, chapter 19, we win. It's the climax of the entire Bible, 1,185 chapters of action and adventure. And this is it. Last week, we talked about Babylon, the harlot, defeated. We talked about false religion with all the ugly baggage that brings, destroyed. And then Babylon, the city, the political greed and the commerce, if you remember, we talked about that. The management of money and how they did it wrong. And it's full of corruption. That came to a close. That was the system, the enemy that sells and controls. If you remember, we talked about sex trafficking. Because the Bible gives reference to that. And the souls of mankind, and they sell them for profit. Thrown down like a boulder into the sea to be no more. But now, it's parte time. Parte. Parte. 
Some of you are like, please, please don't continue that. Now, I remember, remember the Iron Curtain? Now, come on, I mean, I'm not the oldest guy in here, but I remember uh, the Iron Curtain. Remember, I, rem- I can still hear President Ronald Reagan say this, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You remember that? I mean, this stuff has happened in our lifetime. History changed that day. And many uh, don't even understand the importance of what that event meant for that wall to come down. Decades of oppression, heartless cruelty, 85 million lives were lost under communist rule. You know, sometimes when it's not in our bubble, we don't even get it. Because it didn't affect us, we didn't think. But there are people there that it affected them greatly. You can go on YouTube and you can see documentaries. People like you and people like me, common people, breaking down the wall, sledgehammering it and tearing it down. You can see people taking ropes and throwing them over Lenin and Stalin statues and pulling them down. You can see things on their faces. You know, sometimes a face is like a thousand words. I can look at my wife and I don't have to say those three words. I love you. She can see that in my eyes. She can see that in my face. These people showed their emotions on their faces. Victory was in their eyes. Revelation 19 is bigger than that. When the bell rings at the end of this round, it's over And this one is final. Let's look at it. Revelation 19, 1 and 4. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out, Praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. So what John is trying to say, your Bible might say, Hallelujah. So what he's trying to say, I want you to put yourself here in your mind. I want you to think, and I'm going to tell you, Hallelujah means praise the Lord. But uh, put yourself here. Listen, have you ever been somewhere where the roar of the crowd was deafening? I mean, just like something happened, you know, maybe it's the big football game or whatever. I mean, but it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, in that moment. So if your version says hallelujah, that is the Hebrew word. And again, it just means praise the Lord. But it's the first time it shows really up in the New Testament. And so I think God saved it for this day. Why praise the Lord? Because now think about this salvation. You know, salvation is more than just your ticket out of hell. I mean, in salvation, Jesus provided for everything, your healing, everything. So praise the Lord for salvation, for glory, for his power, his judgments that are true and just. We've talked about that. He set things right. Can I tell you that God's going to set things right? Whatever is wrong, he's going to set right. He avenged the blood of his servants. The 24 elders and the four living creatures all cry out, Amen, hallelujah. And the voice from the throne calls for praise. You know, in heaven right now, there's just continual praise that's just going on. It just goes on for 24-7. It just is continual. 
19, 5 and 6 says, And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Now, just the thought, I'm, I'm again, just trying to picture this. I have Anybody in here been to Niagara Falls? Okay, I have never been to Niagara Falls. Now, I have seen Niagara Falls on the TV and, you know, and heard it, and it sounds amazing and sounds very loud, but they say by the falls, and you guys tell me I'm wrong, it's almost deafening. It is so powerful and just... So, I mean, just imagine that, just that roar. There, Paul or John's talking here about that sound of this vast sound. Now, how many have ever been scared by a thunder? You know, bang. I mean, I've, I've jumped two or three feet sometimes, wasn't expecting it. You know, oh, it's a nice rain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, one of those. So, I, I kind of know that kind of sound. But uh, that, that roar, what if that, the sounds that I'm you know, referring to or that John is trying to describe here, they're all about praise. I mean, think about that. They're, they're not just shouts of, you know, I've got nothing to say or shouts of scream, of terror, anything like that. These are shouts of amen, hallelujah, praise that are just going up because God reigns. I'm going to say it again. God reigns. So the Bible, that's, the, that's the, the top. That's the climax of the Bible. He reigns. 19.7 of Revelation says, Let us be glad, rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. I want you to check it out, y'all. We're going to a wedding. We get to attend a wedding. Jesus and his bride, the church, that's us. Now, being a bride... Doesn't mean that I'm a woman. Just letting you know. That's not what he's talking about here. This is symbolic. It is about a covenant. It is about a commitment of love. And so this is symbolic. Marriage is the closest thing that God relates this to. It is the picture. Weddings are fun. They're they're celebrating. The Jewish wedding in the Bible was begun by the groom surprising the bride. He'd whisk her away for a private ceremony in seven days together. Then the wedding celebration would follow. I'm just saying, you know, we think we know how to. I, I, the, my favorite weddings have been my children's. We've been to our children's. I got to do those. We danced at our kids' weddings. So, yes, I do dance. It's not pretty, but I do dance. Uh, But anyway, I mean, it's just so much fun. But I'm just saying, as much fun as we had, I mean, we did, I don't know what the, we did the shuffle or did something. I mean, everybody was just having a great time. But there ain't no party like a Jesus party. I mean, think about, I mean, you you talk about if Jesus is, he's going to celebrate, it's going to be a great celebration. In verse 7, it says, it's, it's time and Jesus has come and we the bride have made ourselves ready. 19.8 of Revelation. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. Now we're not talking about a dress here. They're talking about fine linen, strands of the right. Now think about this and we're going to explain it for just a second. The righteous acts of God's holy people will be dressed in righteous acts. Good deeds make you beautiful. 
Now think about the, how the Bible always backs up everything it says. Faith without works is dead. So, you know, it is as we've walked this life out living for God, please understand it's not your righteousness. It never has been about that. The fine linen was given to the bride by Christ. It's about his righteousness, and we need to understand that. It's always been about that. Our job is to wear and live it out. The angel then tells John to write this, Revelation 19.9. The angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. That's a great invitation. You ever get invitations in the mail? Some of them you like, some of them you don't. Some of them you just get invitations. You're invited to a, a steak dinner, and you know it's just a way they're trying to get you there. If you bite on that or buy that, it's uh, something. You know, hey, we want you for our business or whatever. I get it. <laughs> but invitations, we all get them. Around this time, graduation, you get invitations. and Weddings, you get invitations, all that kind. This is one of those you want to make sure that you attend. You don't want to file 13 this. How many ever get mail and you, don't, you find out, oh, I probably should have looked at that, and you put it in a pile? You know, you don't want to file 13 that. You don't want to uh, not go. Um, you don't want to just put it in your junk mail pile. You don't want to miss it. you got to make plans to be there. So John, all this is happening. Can you just imagine? I'm just telling you, folks, it, it is amazing. When, when you are around God, his presence is overwhelming in a good way. In, in a good way. And, and that presence, I, I'm telling you, mark my words, his presence is going to be marked in this auditorium. He's coming. He's here now, but he's coming in greater measure. He's coming in the, in the near future. It's, it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, let me just share some stories from my life because I, that's what I have to draw from. I, I, was, I was on staff, and it was a fairly larger church, and we hadn't been there uh, we'd been there a little while, and, and the pastor had me many times preach on a Sunday evening. And that was in an AG church, you know, you about cut your teeth on Sunday night services. That's what happened, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night. But, you know, I have people when we started this, are you going to have Sunday night? I've never had Sunday night service here. It's not because I'm against it. I would do it if God told me to do it, or I'd do it if we had a revival or something, and he wanted me to have a Sunday night service. But we've taken Sunday just to be with our families, and, I, and we felt good about that. The Lord has blessed that. So I'm not, not, I'm still saved, okay? All right. Some people are upset because of that. You need to have, well, you know, start a church and you have Sunday night service. So anyway, we had Sunday night service there. It wasn't my call, and, and he asked me to preach. And uh, normal, I, I went into the church early because I was trying to get um, I, you know, I wanted to get clear in my mind and thought, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And so I was going to preach on faith. And, um, uh, you know, and a lot of times this pastor didn't give me any notice. He would come up to me sometimes at five till the service starts. You're preaching today. What? You're preaching today. So, you know, I, I had to be instant in season, out of season. I had to be ready. And, but, you know, as much as sometimes I didn't like that, it, it stretched me. It made me better. Uh, because I had to lean on something I didn't understand, but I had to lean on God. But this time he told me, you're preaching tonight. And I'm like, okay. And uh, so I went into the church. I am the only one there. And if, if I can tell you how the church was, there's sections right here. And these sections would have, you know, those accordion doors? 
not you'd close, they would be all closed off. Because Sunday night, now Sunday night crowd was growing, God was moving, and things were happening. And if, as it grew, they would open those accordion doors up, and then they'd fill the side sections in. They had them closed off, and I went, if you're looking at this sanctuary, I went to this side, kind of like, like where Melinda would be sitting. Where she's, wave at me, Melinda. There's Melinda. There, okay. So I'm kind of like in there. I'm by myself. Nobody else is at the church. I'm the only car in the parking lot. And I'm sitting in there, and I've got my Bible out. And this is the day before iPads and all that stuff, you know. And I would, I would number my notes. Well, I found out I had to number them because I got bumped one time by a student, you know, because I was the youth leader. And they're like, hey, beep, beep. And all my notes went, Whoa. I didn't have any of the pages numbered. So I'm like... I'm preaching like, oh, that's the wrong page. That's out of, you know. So I figured, better number those. Uh, so, you know, you do that, you figure that out. But anyway, so I'm figuring out what, what I'm speaking. And I hear, this is, I'm just going to tell you verbatim how this happened. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not embellishing. I'm just telling you what happened. I hear this deep man's voice weeping, sobbing. And it's, it, it's all around me. Just, it is the deepest, just, oh, oh, oh kind of like that. And I, I mean, it startled me, kind of, you know, like, whoo, it just started. And I'm like, what in the world? So I thought, oh, sound man's here. And I get up. I had to leave the section, go out. There's nobody here. There's nobody in the sanctuary. There's no car in the parking lot. I looked in all of the rooms, all around the sanctuary. Nobody's there. And it had quit. When I stood up, it stopped. I went back, sat down, started again. And then it felt like... My spidey sense, like all the hairs on my arms and stuff went up and were like, whoo. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I mean, I'm just like, okay. And I knew, I knew like inside, there's like, this is God. Only thing I could think of, and nobody taught me this, was I need to get on the ground. I don't know why I felt like I needed to get lower, but obviously, if it's God, I need to be like, whoo. I went right down on my knees and on my hands. I put my hands down. I'm in between. They had pews there. They didn't have uh, like the chairs that we have. And I'm, I'm just laying there. And then he spoke, and it, and it was audible. He said, this is what he said. He said, my people don't know how to worship me. And, and I just said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he gave me a scripture, and the scripture that he gave me was uh, where Abraham is taking Isaac to the mountain. Do you remember the story? And, and in essence, as, as soon as he gave me the scripture and I read the scripture, he began to download the things I could, I could sense in my spirit. And, it, you know, how worship started when Abraham prepared the, he cut the wood to get ready to go to the mountain. And so the whole message was, when we come to church, worship starts when we're getting ready. You know, worship starts for Kim when she is ironing out the clothes and she's getting ready to go and celebrate, come on, to get into the house of God with other believers and just lift up the name of Jesus. And so we began to do that and didn't talk about that. Okay, so that was the premise of the message. So now, it's time to go preach. And so pastor... We had up on the platform, we had, he make us sit up on the platform. I hated that. You can't pick your nose up on the platform. <laughs> Not that you would, but I mean, even if you, you know, 
what if you nod off? Everybody does it. You know, everybody's, oh, look at Pastor Brett. You know, if you do the ceremonious uh, holy meltdown while you're sitting, that's not good. But, you know, so I convinced him. I just said, Pastor, I, you know, I think it's great that you want us up there. He's like, I like the anointing on the platform. I like you guys with me. Um, and I said, so then once the, the, the message starts, can we just go out and sit? And I mean, because that way we can engage with the speaker. He was like, oh, okay, I like that. So I was like, mm, yeah. So I go up, and I'm sitting here. Now, now Pastor Kim is, is sitting like, like where she is, and, and she can tell you. So I'm just telling you, this is how this happened. When I go up front, this is the day of daytimers. We didn't have cell phones that, you know, hey, Siri, uh, Azusa, or whatever you call <laughs> I don't know, es- Aleska, what's, I don't know, <laughs> never mind, I'll just quit while I'm ahead, but I didn't have that, I had a daytimer that you wrote in, my dad was a big daytimer guy, he had a daytimer, and he, his daytimer would always be packed full of stuff, he'd have bills and everything, his daytimer was big and fat, and it was always looked important, and so I, you know, and, and my pastor at the time, he had a daytimer, he promoted that, I'm like, sweet, so the Lord, I, when I got up and I sat down, this is, uh, this is as true as I can tell you. I'm just telling you what's coming. Everybody in the sanctuary was in black and white, just like I'm watching Andy Griffith. They were all, everybody's in black and white, but three people were in living color. So they just they stood out because they're the only ones colorized. Everybody else is black and white. So I'm sitting up there, and you can ask, I'm like rubbing my eyes, like shaking my head. I look at her, and she's like, and I'm like, yeah. You know, and, and the Lord spoke to me in my spirit and said, I have a word for these people. And I knew he meant the three people in color. And I grabbed my day timer. Let me have it. And he said, I'll tell you when it's time. Okay. So then the pastor says, and bringing the message now is Pastor Brett. So I walk up. As I'm walking up, everybody goes to color. And so I I speak this message on worship. And God's presence at the end of service just just kind of like a like a fog would roll into a place. Just kind of I mean, I I didn't see a fog, but it was just the the air became thick, if that makes any sense. And there were steps in the front of this. Uh, and he said, go pray for the people. Now, I want you to understand, I don't know what I'm going to pray. I mean, you already know how good I am with names. I just explained it to you. <laughs> what am I going to tell these people? I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what he's going to say. And there was a, a, a senior lady uh, sitting in the front row, and she was a wonderful godly woman. She was a very nice lady, and that was the first one that was in color. And I'm like, I don't know. And he just basically said, just go up to her. And so I went up to her. I still got nothing. And I asked her, I said, ma'am, can I pray for you? And she said, certainly. Very dignified, yes. She stood up, and as soon as she stood up, I've never been to wherever this place is where they show the, like the Dow Jones and all that and the ticker tape runs across. I, I've never been there. I've seen it on TV. 
in my mind, I see this ticker tape. And it's, it's got stuff on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm entertainment for heaven. I'm just telling you. And the Lord said, Brett, read it. I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, I wanted to say, could you rewind it just a little bit? Because I, I missed the first part. But so he, he must have started over. So I read this to her. I mean, now she, I'm looking at her, but I'm not looking at her. You know what I mean? I'm reading this on the, and I am, what I'm doing is I'm reading her mail for the last three days. And I'm telling her, you did this two days ago. You were here. You're having issues with this, 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 this. And she just looked at me and I, and I said, God wants to tell you he's got this and it's over. He's going to take care of it or something like that. I went to touch her hands and she just went, <clears throat> she started to fall. I tried to grab her. The usher tried to grab her and me. I touched the usher. <clears throat> he fell. The other usher tried to grab her. I touched him. <clears throat> he fell. The other usher came to me and I said, wait, <clears throat> he fell. And the one guy goes, looks at me. And I went, I don't know. I mean, this is just how things started happening. And, and, and so people are just like, oh, my gosh. You know, because God was just in the house. Ain't no party like a Jesus party. So I went to the next person. Same thing. As soon as I asked him to pray, ding, 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 you know, whatever that ticker tape sound is. So I just read it. And, and thank God for teachers that teach you to read because, you know. So I read it and, and again, read their mail. Went to the, and prayed for them, boom, 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 same thing. Third guy, don't know who the guy is, told him his name, told him he had a son that was nine years old, told him his son's name, and told him they were fighting and God wanted to put them back together and wanted them to get, you know, his face turned ashen white. Boom, over he went. Some kid runs down the aisle and says, I want you to pray for me, and I, all I said was, I'll pray for you in a minute, pointed at him, and it was like the force. The kid goes, whoop, and hit the ground. People are like, oh, and I thought, I killed him. <laughs> and so I've got my hands like this. That service, there were probably 50 to 60 people laying, weeping, knocked out. And I don't even know all of the miracles God did that night. Ain't no party like a Jesus party. And things like that began to continue. Things started happening, and I'm telling you all this for a reason, because we're going through this book. we got just a few more chapters, but where this church is heading, because God's not done. If there's ever been a time that people needed God, they need him now. And you know what they need? They need fruit. They need demonstration. Ooh, help me, Lord. So anyway, John gets so overwhelmed by this angel Let's look at 19.10. I fell down to, at his feet to worship him, but he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you, your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. I need you to catch that last phrase. The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. You see, prophecy bears the testimony of Jesus. I'm telling you these things because I've lived them. I've seen them happen. There are people that were praying around a, a, another. It was a, it was a senior lady. And I can't say that she was the most godly lady because I didn't like her. 
I mean, I liked her for God, but she was mean. She was, she had, she was trying to undermine and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, God loves people. You might not like the people that he loves, but he still loves them. Isn't that amazing about God? But let me just, can I continue? Because it's going to be fun. So I'm praying for her. She came up for prayer. And inside, this is what I'm fighting. I do not want to pray for you. What I would like to do, if the Lord wants to heal you, could I get a couple hits in first, and then he can heal you? (laughs) Have you ever felt like that? Because that's how I felt. But yet, greater is he that's in me. Lord Jesus, you love her. I remember praying for her. And it was as if, again, this place had pews. She went back like... Like somebody, like, you know, you got two people holding you like you're going to be baptized, you know, and you go like that. This is the speed she went back. Nobody's holding her. She just goes back. There's a pew, and her head would hit the pew. And I was telling the ushers, I can see the news. Preacher kills woman, smashes head in pew or something, you know. Like, she's, she's old. I mean... That's not going to help. The pew, there's people standing there just being on, you know. It's a true story. The pew standing there, there's, now I've got, I'm standing in front. There's at least two on this side, two on this side. There's a couple people behind that were behind the pew because I was trying to get her to move forward and she wouldn't move forward because she didn't like me either. This is proof that God can work in your life. <laughs> Touch her, tell her eyes pop out. Jesus, boom. You know, so I, I, but so anyway, I prayed for her, and I just gave it to the Lord. And she goes over that slow. I watched this happen. Watch the pew go and open, and she went down on the ground, and the pew closed back up. I went, and then somebody goes, did you see that? And I said, I saw that. And other people, I, don't, I couldn't believe that. No, I didn't say that out loud because I believed it. I just saw it. John is so overwhelmed because the angel and everything that's going on, he, he bites the dust. And the angel says, don't worship me, God. We have to understand as, as we go after God, that's who we worship. We worship Christ. This is all about Jesus. We need to stay focused It's the testimony of Jesus. Remember, Revelation is revealing Jesus. It's just revealing how great God is and what he paid for. We go back to the unfinished business on earth. The kings, if you remember, and the whole world had gathered in a place called Armageddon. Remember, we talked about that. wasn't very long ago. For the battle of the great day of God Almighty, chapter 17 told us they would make war against the Lamb. These kings and all their armies... That's what they're waiting. They're waiting on this war. Well, their wait is over. And Jesus says, if if I was doing a Carmen song, he's like, go ahead, make my day. So that's what's happening right now. He's like, bring it. So these kings are ready for war. Revelation 19, 11 through 13. And I want us to share, I want us to see a couple things in here. I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and the wages 
uh, and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. If you didn't recognize this, this is the second coming of Christ, ultimate fulfillment of the return. First, he came, as you remember, as a suffering servant. Not this time. Now, he is a conquering king. So the rider on the white horse is faithful and true. He's the one that's going to wage war. We know who that is. But not like man, with just, uh, but with justice and righteousness. See, this, this rider is, again, faithful and true. He's going to bring, bring it, so to speak. We've been waiting on it. He's bringing, he's going to even the scales. He, ju- he judges, and it is true, and he wages his war. Re- Revelation 19, 14, the armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on on white horses. Now, the armies are us, but let's look at it. We have no swords. There's no description of weapons that you and I have. Uh, We're just dressed in fine linens, and again, we talk about our righteous acts that, that Christ has gave us. The only weapon used in this battle is in verse 15, and let's look at it, 1915. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. Heaven will rule them with an iron rod. He'll release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. So I don't want you to picture Jesus like a circus act here. That's not what, it's not about just like he opens his mouth and just knives are shooting out. Um, the sword is his word. Now we need to understand how important, if you've heard me or Pastor Kim pray, you've heard us say, you'll hear me say a lot, I want that to line up with the word of God. Remember, Jesus said when he was tempted, it is written. Remember that. It is the word of God. It is life is in your mouth. It is declaring the word. It is putting God's word in function in your life. It is declaring that to change things. Come on. It means that I am going, you know, if I am an agent of God, I'm going to enforce what the word says. Because the word, now think about this. If we're in the kingdom run by a king, his word is what we live by. So that is what we enforce. Me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is the word. And so Christ is on the white horse, and it is the word. His enemies will fall because of his word. 1916, on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And this chapter ends with the ones that were so proud and arrogant to fight against the Lord. I mean, you know, this, you cannot win against God. This is better than Lord of the Rings. I mean, this is just amazing. This is better than any movie that we could ever come up. God is, you know, and still, this is what baffles me. People. I love people because that's what we do. We work with people, but don't people amaze you? I mean, they just amaze me. Like, why would you not turn... Before this time, so many opportunities to repent and get things right, and yet people still. There's a call by an angel for the birds to gather for a feast, the great supper of God where they feast on all the the dead that happened in that war. First, the two beasts, the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're captured, they're both thrown alive into the fire lake of burning sulfur, I want to see that. The rest were killed with a sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. 
and all the birds gorge themselves on, on their flesh. But it's over. The end of the flesh, so to speak. The battle has been won. Look at 19, 17 through 21. I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slaves, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Remember, we talked about that. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came out of the mouth of the one riding on the white horse. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. And that's just like, oh my word. They came out to kill by the sword. Instead, they were killed. And then the birds clean up the mess. But that is just their bodies. What about their souls? We're going to get into that in the next week. Come here, Gary. I'm going to ask you a question. You believe in God. You followed him for years. You believe God can heal your arm? I want you to take my hand. That's the arm I want you to take it with. Every muscle, every fiber in this arm healed in Jesus' name. What couldn't you do before? I mean, you put your arm up here pretty easy. Does it hurt still? Right there? Move that arm around for me. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Father, I just thank you for Gary. Thank you for his life and the, and the many, many people that you've had him touch and minister to. I give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, give God a big shout. I want to show a video. I want to show a video, and I want you, you know, and then let's, I just want to, before, let's just believe God. There's a lot of things going on here, and more things coming. I mean, he's going to be doing some stuff. Ain't no party like a Jesus party. We're, we're, we're going to see things that we've just dreamed about. My kids have heard me 
they, they grew up with this, though. You can ask Mallory. I mean, as a little girl, she watched God heal people and all that kind of stuff. But they've heard me talk about this coming for years. It's almost here. It really is. Let's trust God. But I want you to, you know, what we're doing as far as offering. Uh, if you want to give to ministry, we're, again, we're doing a lot of things. Remodeling bathrooms. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, next week, we'll, you know, is heart for the house week. But, we, you know, we've got some things underway, uh, all that kind of stuff. But as you give in your offering, you can, let's put that up on the, on the board. And, you know, and then we're going to see this video. And then I want to dismiss with the video. But uh, you can text to give, whatever. You can send it in the mail, however you're comfortable. But let's pray over that. Let's believe for good seed. Let's believe for multiplication. We thank you for your generosity. God is doing things. Um, uh, we are just blessed. And we're going to continue to preach and teach the gospel. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to see things that we've just dreamed about. Um, we're going to see some great things. So let's pray over this offering real quick. Um, you know, and if you're not ready, you'll have plenty of time to get it ready, and then you can put it in the basket as you leave. But let's just be honest and be obedient. That's all it's going to take. Can I, can I say, and, and again, I'm not pushing money, but I'm just saying last night I was in a service, and the Lord prompted me to give $20. And I said, okay, now I already tithe and give offering here. Pastor Kim and I both do that. We're very diligent about that. We believe everything that we teach and preach to you. <laughs> and I sowed that and believed. I said, God, I thank you for uh, more than enough clarity in, in what I need and what you're believing and you're telling me. And so it's just offering money. And you know, when the service was over, I had somebody come up to me and say, they told me this, they said, you're, you're to believe for 100. I said, 100? He said, 100%, not 99. How many old timers remember 99 and a half won't do? But, you know, just to believe, when you believe God, believe him 100%. Expect God to do 100% of what he says. And I said, okay. And he said, and I'm supposed to give this to you. I said, what? He said, hold out your hand. He slapped a $100 bill on my hand. I'm like, dude. And he said, I'm telling you, I'm supposed to do it. He said, so, and I just told God, you know, so I just got five times my seed money, and I didn't even left the building. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying that to say, look at me. I'm just saying the kingdom of God works. I believe God 100%, 110%. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we receive this offering today, I thank you for multiplication. I thank you, God, for what you're doing, what you're going to do. I thank you for the plans of TLC, and they're huge. I thank you, Father, that this will be a drawing spot, literally, for people all over. They will see it. It's going to be amazing, and I, I give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to show you this video. And again